Hey, you're listening to Thinking Out Loud And I'm your host, Ray Stein podcast i am ray stein of course you already knew that and today we are going to be talking about the history behind 
Disney princesses. Like they're messed up origins. So let's just get right into it, shall we? Alright, this story or stories stories are on the https you know what um the artifice.com slash history behind disney princesses with dashes in the middle i will post the link in the description of course and let's get right into it Disney princess movies have been a part of childhood since their emergence in 1937. Disney has become a well-integrated part of modern society because of their success in turning fairy tales into child-friendly adventures. Disney used original fairy tales from around the world to create their Disney princess movie franchise. Each princess has their own hidden history. A storyline unexplored within their Disney film that shows a more adult-oriented story, aka not for children. In this article, the first four princesses, Snow White, Cinderella, Aurora, and of course, Ariel, the Little Mermaid, original stories and history will be explored in contrast to their movie counterparts. Let's start with Snow White. Snow White is the first Disney princess. Her film Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was released in 1937 and was the first of its kind. The story of Snow White was first published in Germany by the Brothers Grimm and with traditional Grimm fairy tales, they tend to be a little bit um, dark. So, yeah. In 1812, in their book Grimm's Fairy Tales, the title for Snow White in Germany was Sneewitchen. Which I'm assuming is the uh, German translation of Snow White. I don't know. However, the brothers Grimm were not the original authors of the tale. Two sisters, Jeanette and Amalie Hasenplug, yeah, or orated the story in the town of Castle. That's C A S S E L to them. The story was well known orally before then. The story appears in Ireland, England, Asia Minor, and Central Africa, to name a few. So, the Brothers Grimm were just the first to write the story. And who knows where it actually all started. There are many other tales from across the world that mirror Snow White, with similarities including The Beautiful Daughter, West Africa, from West Africa, Cymbeline, play by Shakespeare in England, Fatime, Albania, the favored daughter in Gabon, and the innkeeper in Portugal, to name just a few. The movie Snow White and the Seven Dwarves 
and the original Brothers Grimm tale have many similarities. Snow White's father dies not long after his marriage to the Evil Queen. The Evil Queen also sends the huntsmen to kill Snow White and bring her back and bring back her heart. This gruesome detail remained in the movie, however. If the movie was rated by the American Movie Association, it would no longer get the rating of G and be at least rated PG. However, the differences begin after Snow White runs after being told to be to, to. However, the differences begin after Snow White runs being told to buy the huntsman. In Grimm's in Grimm's story, the wicked queen tries more than once to kill Snow White. And I believe there was a de detail about the evil queen in this case being Snow White's actual mother in the original story. In the movie, it's she's a stepmom. So, the queen ventures into the forest and to the cottage, dressed as an old woman. She persuades Snow White to let her in and to buy laces, a corset. The old woman kindly offers to lace the corset on Snow White. Snow White, thinking nothing of the kindness, allows the old woman. The queen, who sees her dream in sight, laces her so tightly, cutting off Snow White's oxygen. She happily returns to her castle, believing Snow White is dead. She asks the mirror, who the fairest is only, to find out that Snow White still lives. The dwarves had returned home and cut Snow White free of the laces, saving her. Again, the evil queen ventured over the seven hills to Snow White and this time took a poisonous comb with her. She again persuades Snow White to let her in by the comb and allow her comb to comb Snow White's hair. Again, the queen leaves, believing she is dead, but the dwarves save her once again. Only by the third time does the queen succeed with the poisonous apple that has been made popular in the movie. The bite of the apple seemingly kills Snow White, leading to the dwarves to place her in a glass coffin, just like both the story and the movie. The dwarves watch over her coffin when a prince comes from another land. Again, the movie and story differ. The prince asks for the coffin to bring home stricken by Snow White's beauty. A little creepy, if I might say so myself. The dwarves eventually consent, and while the prince's servants carry the coffin off, they trip over a stump. This shakes loose the lodged poisonous apple, waking her. You Don't you just hate it when you're carrying home a dead girl in a coffin because she's so beautiful and you want to bring her home? And then you accidentally drop her and then this like piece of an apple comes out and then she's alive? <laughs> I mean, who wants to bring a dead girl home just solely because they're beautiful.
I'm glad Disney just changed that. But even then, it's creepy that he just was like, Oh, a dead girl. I'm gonna kiss her. Snow White marries the prince, and the queen comes to the wedding after finding out from the mirror she is no longer the fairest. She is forced to wear red-hot iron shoes and dance in them until she cannot dance anymore, but she falls down dead instead. The movie and the tale follow closer to one another than some other Disney princesses. It is no wonder why the ending of the tale with the queen's death is taken out. Of course, because the old, the, the evil queen dies. We don't want kids to experience death. Really. It would not be suitable for children. The original story is fantastical in the three near-death experiences for Snow White and her quick marriage to a prince after being taken home as decoration. The story is laced with many impossible magical occurrences, but like all fairy tales, the moral that cautions against vanity and jealousy is seen. Alright, now on to Cinderella. Cinderella is a classic tale that has survived centuries. It is estimated that there are at least 345 different Cinderella stories, but more than likely there are over 1,500. The story of Cinderella that most people are familiar with is probably Charles Perrault's version in Histoires au Contes du Temps Passé, which was written in 1697. However, the most commonly accepted first telling of Cinderella is called Rodapis, which originated in Egypt. The story of Cinderella was first recorded in the century BC AD by Greek historian Strabo. The story is supposedly loosely based on a real person who lived approximately 500 years before Strabo and was written about by Herodotus. The story of Cinderella was not restricted to Europe. The story was also written in 1856, 1860 AD in China known as Ye Xin and Shin Hisin. The story encompasses both European and Asian history, and despite differences in details, Cinderella's core remains. And I'm sorry if I butchered any of the names, the versions of the title Cinderella. It's my bad. The Disney movie Cinderella and the two most common stories of Cinderella have been not have notable differences. Charles Perrault's tale, like the movie, shows the death of Cinderella's mother and then her father remarrying another woman with two daughters. Cinderella is tasked with all the chores, including those in the kitchen. When the ball is announced, 
Cinderella attends with her fairy godmother's help, which includes the movie's pumpkin turned golden carriage, mice turned horses, and glass slippers with the deadline of midnight. However, unlike the movie, the ball is held over more than one night. The second night, when she falls in love with the prince, she almost does not leave in time. She drops her iconic glass slipper, then Peralt- then. Peralt's tale ends the same as the movie, with the prince finding Cinderella, whose foot perfectly fits the glass slipper. The most discrepancies lie between the movie and the Grimm's fairy tale. This story begins at the same as both Peralt's version and the movie, however, the differences begin with the father. He goes to a fair and promises to bring back gifts for his daughters. Cinderella asks for a twig and is given one from a hazel tree. She plants it on her mother's grave, and it grows into a beautiful hazel tree through her, her tears that water it. What? White doves are also here from come to here for her, also her, her form of comfort. This is possibly where Cinderella's animal friends in the movie were inspired from. When Cinderella asks to go to the ball, she is promised she can go if she picks up all the lentil beans the stepmother throws in the fireplace. The doves help her to complete the task. The angry stepmother tells her to do it again, but this time throws more beans. Cinderella completes the task again, but the stepmother and stepsisters quickly leave her behind. Cinderella's dress is given to her by the white doves, and not a fairy godmother in this tale. She's also not given glass slippers, but silk ones. She is given the same deadline as midnight. The prince falls for her on the first night, but she eludes the prince when she runs away. The second night, she comes dressed in a silver dress and glass slippers, and she runs away again before the prince can stop her. The third night of the ball, she comes dressed in a gold dress and golden slippers. The prince, expecting her to run away, puts pitch on the stairs. This catches her shoe as she runs away. The prince then begins to search for Cinderella. Her, here the story gets more gruesome as the stepsisters try to fool the prince. The first sister cuts off her toes to fit the shoe, but the prince is alerted to the, bloody, to the blood by the white doves looking over Cinderella. He returns and the other sister cuts off her heel to fit. Again, the prince is fooled until alerted by the blood, until alerted by the doves of the blood. He returns and finally tries the shoe on Cinderella, rushing her away to marry him. At the wedding, the stepsisters are blinded by the doves as punishment. 
Her father figure is in this story is also absent, but knows of the abuse to his daughter and lets it go on. This controversial father's role in the abuse is then made more prominent. It is no wonder why the Disney movie followed Peralt's more popular and child-friendly telling of the story. However, Grimm's telling stays true to the iconic Frags and Riches story everyone seems to love. Cinderella's goodness is rewarded while her stepsister's and stepmother's abuse and trickery is punished. Now we move on to Aurora. The first known story of a sleeping beauty figure is back in the 12th century, a Norse saga called Volsunga depicts the story of Odin's dis displeasure of the Valkyrie, Brunhilda. He curses her to sleep until a man comes to marry her and is woken by Siegfried, who cuts off her arm to awaken her. The story of Sleeping Beauty was later influenced by influenced in 1528 by a French romance called Purse Forest. Alright. Um, the story was reshaped again in Sun, Moon, and Talia, which was written in 1636 by Gian Battista Basile. Sorry if I butchered the name again. This story follows a married prince who finds Talia, the Sleeping Beauty figure, and, well, rapes her. He later returns, discovering she is woke and has given birth to his twins, Sun and Moon. And, uh, the way she is awoken is one of the twins is sucking on her finger and pulls out the splinter, which initially made her fall asleep when she got it stuck in her finger. His wife finds out about his second family and orders the cook to cook the kids. The good-hearted cook feeds the queen a goat instead. One of the most well-known scenes from this story occurs when the queen has him eating the goat, thinking it is his children. She tells him, you are eating your own. The prince is then told by the queen he was eating his children. He then throws his wife in the fire, only to later find out his children are alive. He marries Talia soon afterwards. Peralt also wrote his own telling of the story in Histories O Countess du Temps Passé, called La Belle à Bois Dormant. His story mirrors Basile's before with a few additions. The children were named Aurora and Jor instead of Sun and Moon. The prince's wife is replaced by his ogre mother, who also tries to kill Sleeping Beauty. 
or should I say Ogre? The Ogre mother is killed by the prince, but instead of being thrown into a fire, is thrown into a boiling cauldron. Following Perrault and the Grimm brothers once again wrote down their own version of the story, calling it Briar Rose, which was actually a sort of nickname for Aurora in the actual Disney movie. That was her disguise name, if you want to call it. The Grimm Brothers' tale is the tamest of all the other stories, and for such is the only used in in the movie, Sleeping Beauty. Grimm's fairy tale follows the plot of the movie Sleeping Beauty, like all the tales before. However, there are differences. The Maleficent-like character is an old fairy that was not invited to the christening of the baby. Her late arrival leads to the king to be unable to provide her with a golden plate, fork, spoon, and knife like the other fairies. This angers the old fairy leading to the curse that is placed over the baby. Again, like the movie, one fairy is left to give her gift after the old fairy. This fairy alters the curse from one that will kill the princess to one that will put her to sleep for a hundred years where a prince will wake her. When the prince is seventeen, an old deaf woman in the castle who had not heard about the king's decree to be rid of all spinning wheels is spinning. The princess trying to learn is pricked by the spindle, and thus the curse begins. The good fairy who altered the curse returns. She puts the castle to sleep, excluding the parents. The castle is then over time hidden by wood that is in impenetrable. The similarities between the movie and the story are easily seen. The prince does not rape the princess, but kisses her, breaking the spell. This then leads to their wedding, and happily ever after. Disney follows this story, but respectfully pays Peralt homage by choosing to call Sleeping Beauty Aurora, one of the twins' names in Peralt's story. The story of Sleeping Beauty was not isolated in Europe, like many other fairy tales. Some estranged versions can be seen elsewhere. The Ninth Captain's Tale in 1001 Arabian Nights is one such example. Aurora was the third princess to be officially named as a Disney princess. The child-friendly movie depicted in Disney originated from a dark and unsuitable story for children that has now delighted families. And last, but not least, Ariel, the Little Mermaid. The story of the Little Mermaid, known as Ariel, does not have a known history traveling back as far as other fairy tales. Her story was greatly influenced by 
Undine by Friedrich de la Motor, or Motor for Falke, in 1811. Undine is the story of a water spirit who wants to gain a human soul. She marries a knight in order to try and gain one. This idea of gaining a soul through marriage to a human is the same in the original version of The Little Mermaid by Hans Christian Andersen in 1836. Andersen's version follows similarly, similarly to Undine. The mermaid is told she cannot see the world above until her 15th birthday because it is custom. One of the movie's most lingering scenes is when Ariel is on the rocks with water splashing behind her. The original tale has a similar scene. On her 15th birthday, she lays on rocks looking out on the world above the ocean. The movie and story mirror one another in the shipwreck of the prince. Ariel saves the prince and returns to the sea eager to go above and live with him. The story and movie, however, differ here. Ariel has a grandmother, for one. Her grandmother explains that mermaids do not have souls and become sea foam when they die. The Little Mermaid wants a soul and is told the only way to gain one is to have a human man love and marry her. She is eventually found by the sea witch who gives her legs and takes her voice like the movie. However, unlike the movie, she will not be turned into a snail-like creature and instead will be turned to sea foam if not married by the prince. The prince never falls in love with her and decides to marry a princess from another land. And I have to add this detail. In the more gruesome version, Poor little Ariel, whenever she walks, it feels like her feet are getting continuously stabbed by swords, knives, if you want. So yeah. And she just does not have her voice stolen. I think like her tongue was cut out in the original version, so... The Little Mermaid sisters make a deal with her for their hair. With the sea witch, the Little Mermaid sisters make a deal for their hair with the sea witch to give the Little Mermaid back her tail, not her tongue. The result is a dagger that, if the Little Mermaid uses to kill the prince, will give her back her tail. She cannot do it and throws herself off the ship they are on for the prince's marriage. As she falls towards the ocean and turning into sea foam, the daughters of air catch her. They make her their sister and explain that through her good deeds and love, she can now earn her own human soul. She has 300 years to do good and, in return, gain a human soul. 
The original tale is much more centered over the little mermaid gaining a human soul. She is not given a name in the story and was only given one by Disney. The story's ending, although lighthearted, was not deemed appropriate for a G-rated audience. Because again, little kids do not want to see death. <laughs> not on like a screen. Actually happening in front of them. It was altered into the form we now know where Ariel marries Prince Eric. Disney's version is also kind of gruesome because Ursula gets stabbed by the pointy end of a ship driven by Eric. Even though it does not show blood and only shows Ursula dying, that is still pretty gruesome for a children's movie if you think about it. She is not the villain as depicted in the movie. The sea witch becomes the princess from another land that tries to marry the prince. She is not the villain as depicted in the movie. Ariel is the fourth official Disney princess. The truth behind Disney princesses and their original stories show a more gruesome and adult-centered storyline. Their storylines followed either Peralt's or Grimm's fairy tales, depending on which was more child-friendly. Disney successfully took these adult fairy tales and turned them into childhood memories from for many across the world. Alright guys, that was it for this episode. And, um, I hope you guys liked it, and that was the history behind Dis the first four Disney princesses, which were Aurora, Cinderella, Snow White, and Ariel. And, of course, well, Disney just had to take the original story, whichever one sounded more kid-friendly, they just picked out all the bad parts and replaced them with good, child-friendly ones, and hence made the movies we all know and love today. And I'm speaking very quietly, because the rest of my family is sleeping. So, yeah. But anyways, that is all for today, and I hope you guys have a great day, a great life, a great whatever, Stay safe out there, and I'll see you next time. Bye!